a Lifetime original podcast. Are we still going by the name Cinnamon and Spice? Is that what you said? I think you said cinnamon and spice. (laughs) We could also be, I texted you about cookies and cream last night. We could be cookies and cream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, if we're cookies and cream, let's just see this through. What's our first single? I'll tell you me. I'm thinking the title, In Bed by 10. I love a Lifetime movie. I said pepper, a very Caucasian of me. I have been at a party where a male stripper came and we all ran. Stop. You watch too many sports. I definitely can't rap, but I can talk really fast. It is giving Megan Gailey pretty and pink award. Maybe it's for really smart people. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi at Paragon, who really needs to get her hair did and I'm at a crossroads. But that ain't the point, because I am here with my co-host, who has a fresh cut, giving a beachy wave, the one, the only Megan Gailey. Thank you. Yes, I believe this is called a lob, um, a long bob. Mm. And sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as I said before we got on here, sometimes for summer, I like to do a fresh cut like a dog. You know, when the dog, the mm-hmm. dog has like a winter look and a summer look? Been depending yes, on the absolutely. weather. So I needed, I don't like to be hot and I just didn't want my mm-hmm. hair like resting on me all summer. So I cut like yeah. four inches off. I mean, it's looking good. It's looking fresh. Thank my you. crossroads is, you know, so it's only come to my attention in the last year or so that chemical hair relaxers increase your risk of uterine cancer by like, what? By like 100%. It's already, oh it's, it is a lower God. cancer, like in terms of prevalence. So, but. Having the hair relaxer, you know, you get double. And so as someone who has had a hair relaxer since I was 18, okay? Yeah. I've been go- working on going to the doctor to just kind of get tested, just kind of establish my baseline. They, they got to take a little sample of the of the lining. What? I got to get in there for a lining sample. They didn't ultrasound. That didn't see anything. And it was uh. funny because initially when I talked to the doctor, I was like kind of annoyed because she was a white lady doctor where she goes, I haven't heard about that. I haven't heard about that. Well, and I was just like, well, I don't care if you didn't hear about it. I was, and I literally was like, I will send you articles. And I, and I mean yeah. medical articles. I'm not talking about the little article I saw on the internet. I will send you some stuff. People. Thank you. I would like it noted for the podcast that I did send Naomi, my OBGYN, who is a black woman. So. Yes, Megan did. And you know this woman ain't got no avails. Okay. And also <laughs> no, there's like a difference it. too. It's so funny, you know, cause, again, because I'm not pregnant. I'm not trying to become pregnant. I don't have kids. Yeah. These gynos don't really care for you when you're barren. They don't want to no. know about you. Once you're like in the baby making, oh, suddenly they got time. But it's hard. I have friends and they're like, I couldn't get into... X, Y, Z, even to get like an eight week appointment. I, I don't know. I had some like really smart foresight where I was like, I'm going to go to this woman and get my IUD taken out from her. And then I'm in, you get you know, so I have my, that's how you get them. I, yep. So I was like, listen, my IUD, you take it out. Then, you know, I'm trying, then you're a part of that process. So I was <laughs> nice. like, yeah, I was already in the system, but right. oh my gosh. Also, how is something that goes on your head? Messing with your uterus. Hello. Hello. You know, and I feel like when it comes to relaxers too, like that's the only chemical kind of thing I do, right? Like I don't do any like injectables or any. Exactly. I'm not heading to tanning salon. Are you getting gel nails? Nope. I don't even do gel. You ain't putting me under UV. I'm so scared of gel. I met one woman, one woman ever, and she got 
skin cancer on her nail. Yeah. And but and she was like, yeah, I've been doing gels for like 20 years. So I really took the took took my foot off the pedal on that. And I have eyes. I'm fair enough that a, a dermatologist was like, you can get skin cancer in your eyes mm. or in your vagina. What? Are you a Kimbo? Are you a Kimbo in front of the sun? I'm supposed to be buying bathing suits that have like UV protection in them. Ooh, okay, I'm sorry. Yep. Now there's nothing safe. There's nothing safe. So I, I hate to I hate to transition this to the issues of a white woman. Well, you see, Megan did that so Naomi's effortlessly. Over, did y'all see how effortlessly Na- she did it? Naomi, Naomi's over here struggling with, you know, and all we're trying to do is be gorgeous gals. Thank you. I'm just trying to have a baseline. We got to be worried about our uterus and our lips. I don't know what to do. And it's so I'm, I'm like, okay, so I should stop doing relaxers. But because I never, like, I grew up as a girl who was like, being pretty was not in the cards for me, meaning that it's not where I took my value, right? And it wasn't somebody where I was like, I'm going to put my time into that. That's noble of you, but you're gorgeous. And I've seen pictures of you from youth on the way up to bridal, and they're all beautiful. Well, that's very sweet, but nobody was really checking for me until I learned how to, you know what I mean? Get how I learned how to put on a base, okay? Uh Uh-huh. And so I say that to say, like, I didn't grow up learning how to do my hair. You know what I mean? Like, especially mm-hmm. like a lot of young black girls, like they know how to do hair. They know how to do a basic braid, get something done. I don't. And I have some nappy ass hair, which makes it very unpleasant. So I initially got a relaxer just as like, oh, it'll be easier to comb through. I won't have to deal uh-huh. with this stuff as much because I mean, I'm the most tender headed child you will know. And so that's uh. why I started it. It wasn't even about like, I want to be like a white girl. It was really like, oh, I think this will be easier. And then of course, once you do it, it's like, how do you not do it anymore? And like, even in lockdown, I was like, well, I don't know what to do with this head of hair. I was real loosey goosey in lockdown, just head yeah. wrapped up and said, we'll figure it out eventually. So anyway, that's my journey. And this is such a long way considering we really, I really wanted to talk to you about the fact that your baby boy Conrad, King of Kings, has turned on you? <laughs> that's what I, I can't, I can't even describe what's, ha- he hasn't turned on me. He obviously, he wants me to hold him and pick him up constantly. <laughs> and if I, if I'm like, mama's doing something or I can't hold you 24 hours a day. He is throwing, I don't know if babies can throw temper tantrums, but we're at 13 months yeah. and it is full blown terrible twos already. Wow. And then, I, it, and then he got in the, this morning, cried 30 minutes straight, screaming in my face, screaming in my face <laughs> and real tears. Cause sometimes, you know, they'll go, Wah! and I go, that's not real. That's not real. I'm not falling for that. Okay. We're in Hollywood. You know, you need to come out with some chops. We got Oscar winners all around. So I need to see tears, baby. So there were real tears. And then CJ said he put him in the car and he was like laughing and playing and dancing. And I go, well, I guess it's us then. But now do you think that this has to do with him starting preschool or daycare? Is he picking up habits from some of these other children or just now what it is to be as part of a social group? Do you know what I mean? I think it's probably some separation anxiety. But CJ said when he got to daycare, he was way happier than when he was at home. So he was like, fine. I think there's separation anxiety. I think he's tired. We just got back from a trip. 
where he also cried on the plane. And then we would stand up with him and he would start laughing. And I'm like, Conrad, you got us out here looking like fools in 20A and B. Uh, so we're just really puked. You know, he's got motion sickness. Puked before the car even went into drive. Oh, Like geez. I put him in the, in, and this is a car seat that like a man named Zorag bought to us. Like it's like, car, Conrad, this isn't our car seat. This is Zorag's car seat. Oh, And pukes no. on himself. And so then I just took off my hoodie and I said, CJ, lay it on top of him. And if he pukes on the hoodie, that's fine. We had to throw out two sets of clothes at the airport. Oh, my God. He yeah. has a delicate stomach. Yep. And I love him. I'm still like, he's the best guy. And I'm like, well, you have really wreaked havoc on a lot of things as of late. <laughs> like, you're still the best guy. Oh, my <sighs> God. That is wild. You know what? You're doing it. Okay. You're doing what you wanted, which was being a mother having a little guy and you know yeah. what you doing it with your lob you coming through with the hair did bringing it to yeah. the microphone and you know what you killing it you killing it Becky. thanks thank you you know who inspires me who? tlc and salt and peppa because wow. they are moms that, they are well, moms oh working, my god yes these, these are mothers who are doing it now guys as we said already last week, we're doing things a little bit differently because in celebration of National Black Music Month, all right, we're sharing some time with Pride. Yeah, we said move over, Pride. Move over, Father's Day. Move over, my mom and dad's birthday. It's National Black Music Month. Yes, honey. And we're chatting about black girl groups and iconic black artists along with Lifetime's Month of Movies. Now, if you miss the kickoff with the premiere of TLC Forever, you can catch a rerun June 9th at 8 p.m. only on Lifetime and A&E. But today, we talk about salt and pepper. And this movie details the journey of Queensboro Community College students Cheryl Salt James and Sandra Peppa Denton as they enter the world of rap and hip hop. And it follows the group as they become the first female rap act to go platinum and experience groundbreaking success with multiple awards, including a Grammy. Y'all, they paved the way for all female rappers to follow. So you know what? We got to get into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, first thing I noticed, Megan, which I love, the movie's executive produced by Salt and Pepper. So I said yep. Pepper, a very Caucasian of me. The movie's executive produced by salt and pepper so it's got the stamp of approval yeah but and and sometimes you see that and you go oh well they're not going to give us honesty but it's like this film still goes there and still shows the ups and the downs and the cracks and the good times and the bad times despite it being them producing it yes absolutely now you know last week i was all like i love tlc and i feel the same way about salt and pepper love them growing up knew every one of their hits shoop was the banger of all yes. bangers, okay? Mm -hmm. I say yes. Shoop inspired the TV show Sex and the City, all right? Because wow. they were rapping, you know, Samantha vibes well before it was a thing. 
Also, like the hair, the uh, clothes, it really, I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I didn't know I remembered this outfit from right. when I was four years old, but I guess <laughs> I do. Like it really transcends time because I think there also just were so few really famous black singers, females, or rappers. Rappers, because singers, rappers. That's, that's the one thing we can do. If you let us in church, we're going to come out with a range, okay? But famous black rappers where it's like, yeah, this is, and now we've got so many. And well, of course. And, 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 you know, sometimes they're feuding at fashion shows and sometimes they're on stage with Taylor Swift trying to make up for her boyfriend <laughs> being bad. But, so it's like, <laughs> salt and pepper, if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have ice spice. Exactly. Well, absolutely. Now, you know, I think what was fun about the movie is like, we really get to see what that dynamic was, which is the stuff I didn't know. Because I will say like, I knew their music, but I wasn't somebody who was like reading music magazines or reading interviews, right? So I was just like, wow. oh, and to me, because their music is so fun, I thought they were the same way. But what you really get from seeing them from the moment they meet at community college is that like Sandra is the fun one, the party one, the one who's like mm -hmm. down, right? Whatever. She's like, yeah. let's hang out. Let's do stuff. Whereas Cheryl's more of like the good girl, her boyfriend, Herbie, who's also a music producer. Like she was, she was like, I'm Christian. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I didn't know that yes. that was the dynamic of that group. And they're both not rappers. And maybe that's because it's like, oh, that wasn't even a, like a form of expression that was available to women. But it, they basically, Herbie, this this boyfriend who then is with them for almost the entirety of their career kind of sees an opening in in the market for like why can't girls be rappers and that may be the only thing I credit Herbie with yes everything else pretty rough from Herbie absolutely now the other thing which I love so there's a moment in the movie so my one of my favorite moments is like so basically you know they meet at college and then Cheryl is working at a call center and basically gets Sandy a job but then at the mm -hmm. call center. Who else is working there? We see Kid and Play work at this call center and baby comedian Martin Lawrence. And I said, what was this call center? How can I get my start there? How do you yes. have that many stars employed at the same call center in Queens? I, and, and it may just be Queens. Like, <laughs> you, I, I think this, well, and this definitely happens with rappers where it's like, I think Jay-Z and m many other rappers were all from like the same block. And it, and it happens mm. with athletes too. There's certain high schools that they come oh, out yeah. of and it doesn't even have to be like good ones. It can be like, a bad academic high school somewhere in Miami that just produced every single defensive <laughs> lineman for 20 years. Like, but this isn't, it, it predates them knowing that this call center produced exactly. makers. you know, exactly. like it was just like, we all happen to work here. Martin Lawrence at one point, his character, well, I guess is him, it's him. He is doing stand up at the call center with what I do believe was a cheese stick. A string <laughs> cheese, a string cheese. <laughs> Yes. And he's killing. Like, Sandra's like, he is killing. And then we see he opens for them at one point. So, like, that obviously, and I think you feel this way, too. When you start stand-up with someone, that we say, like, oh, they're in my class. Like, yes. you know, you're yeah, not yeah, yeah. freshman through senior of stand-up. But it's like, we were at open mics together. Yes. We did new faces together. Yes, we rode the same wave at the same time. We got started. For me, it's like, if you and I started within the same 18 months, like, we're of the same class, I think, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's like, okay, I remember you. We did the same stuff. We were at the same terrible show. And there is something I love about that because for me, it's like that feeling of like, 
Like, I'm not somebody who, like, if I were to ever become famous, I would still want the people around me who knew me when I wasn't shit. Like, that would be the goal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. After just being at home for six days, it's like my two best friends from high school are still my two best friends. We ended up having, like, a barbecue, and then I went inside to, because it was hot, and I just wanted to sit in the air conditioning. And my two best friends were already in there because they wanted the air conditioning, too. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. And then everybody was, like, coming in, like, oh, okay, yeah, Abby, Megan, and Lindsay are just sitting in here. I don't know why they didn't just have a party for the three of them. <laughs> I, that's, that's who I want to hang out with. I also think that's like important for people that become famous. Where it's like, well, yes, you gotta that's where have they go wrong. someone to go, no, don't yeah. do that. You look stupid. Don't say that. Right. That's not you. And so when you start to cut those people out and then, oh my gosh, we see this a lot in LA when people's best friends are like their employees. Oh my God. We'll never, I will never. You see their Christmas posts and it's like their hairdresser and their agent. And it's like <laughs> those people on the payroll. Right. That's right. the different. And could they be your genuine friends? Yes. But like, they also work for you. And, and that's right. a difficult dynamic. Yeah, you can't have besties with a power dynamic like that. Like, that's kind of like it does undermine the idea of being that close. Now, okay, there was a scene in the movie where they go to a strip club, which, of course, is Sandra's idea. And good Christian yes. Cheryl is like, no. But then the stripper hangs Sandra upside down. And is, uh -huh. like, grinding on her. And at one point she screams, he's in my uterus, which really made me laugh. And this is something else I'll say. I like these two actresses. These two actresses were fun. Yes. I was feeling their vibe and their friendship. But it made me laugh so much. Now, I have never been to a strip club. Male or female. Neither. Wow. And so I, could it, can I rightly assume you've been to a strip club, Megan? Even though maybe we talked yeah, about so this in Psycho Stripper. but Yeah, so I have been to multiple female strip clubs uh -huh. where the women are performing. Yeah. And then I have... I have been at a party where a male stripper came and we all ran. <laughs> so I, was like in, I mean, it was like the South side of Indianapolis. Like it's like, oh boy. And then I, I went to magic Mike live. So I've seen a male review and magic Mike live. True. I do it. I do multiple jokes about it, but it is like pure comedy. And there are women, there are Sandra's there who are like, losing their mind. Yeah. And then there's also Cheryl's there that are like, oh my God, I went with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law. I got oh. us the tickets. And <laughs> I am like hysterically laughing. Like I was, it was truly comedy of the year. Like I have not laughed that hard in forever. That is so funny. Now I auditioned for, or maybe no, I don't think I auditioned. I think I got, it was like uh, the request to audition to be like that female MC. In the Vegas show. Yeah, it's a stand-up. It's a girl yes. who's a stand-up. Yeah, and I was like, and it was funny because it was. I was like, and this is even before I knew or would proudly claim I was sex negative, but I was like, so I get why they thought, because I was like a black lady comedian who's loud and sassy. And like, I'm very here for you doing you, but I was like, oh, yeah. I actually don't want to be. <laughs> like, I was like, no. I was like, I no. don't need that energy. Everybody being like screaming over an abdomen. It's not for me. And I think of you as so multi-talented. And like, I tried to book you on a sports show last night because I go, they need to hear about ice cream too. But I, if as your friend, I, there's no way you would have wanted that job. I don't, you, I men would have come out and you would have been like, put on a sweater. Oh my God. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't have translated. No, I would have been giving grandma energy and that ruins the vibe. That very much ruins the vibe. So I guess it's safe to say I'm the Cheryl. I'm the Cheryl, you're the Sandra. You're the Cheryl and I'm the Sandra. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, are we, are we still, as we uh, decided last week, are we still going by the name Cinnamon and Spice? 
Is that what you said? I think you said cinnamon and spice. (laughs) We could also be, I texted you about cookies and cream last night. We could be cookies and cream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, if we're cookies and cream, let's just see this through. What's our first single? I'll tell you me. I'm thinking the title, In Bed by 10. That's the title of the song. I have said I'm going to be in bed by 10 every day for the last four days. (laughs) When I had my shows at the Elysian, I was like, in bed by 10, you guys. I was like, the show's over at 9. You're going to be in bed by 10. Yeah. And then I think you have like a main main part on a song called Jubu where I'm singing back up. Okay. And then I probably have like a main part on a song called like My Brown King and you sing <laughs> back up. You know, like we both need to talk about our, our uh, interracial marriage. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so this does have legs. This does have legs, and we might want to try this because, as you know, you know, the Writers Guild is striking, SAG maybe striking. Music is all we have left. We might have to pivot yeah. to becoming musicians. And I definitely can't rap, but I can talk really fast. <laughs> so if it was like... <laughs> If you just had me talk really fast, like I'm doing um, like an auction. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to say, and the horse goes to Mr. <laughs> sitting in the second row, and he's at the sea up over the pedal is. Oh, right? my like, lord. If you put a beat underneath that, maybe that is something. I don't know. Maybe that's something. Okay, so we're really going to need a producer to bring this to life because inherently it's yeah, not, not there. Yeah, not Herbie. Not, not a Herbie. Herbie. Not a Herbie. Because we'll say Cheryl's boyfriend, Herbie. First of all, here's the other thing too. In the movie, you kind of see how from the beginning, Herbie didn't like Sandra, even though he's like, I want you mm-hmm. in the group. But he always has a problem with her. And it's like also in part because she's not a docile woman. He wants a woman who's going to just, like, shut up and agree with him. And you even see Cheryl go through the journey mm-hmm. of figuring out that she can't just shut up and agree with him. Yeah, and I thought when they first met that they were going to hit it off because he's speaking Creole. And she's like, do you speak Creole? And he's like, yeah, I'm Haitian. And she's like, I'm Jamaican. And I was like, oh, okay. They seem – and then it was like, oh, no, they are oil and water. They do not like each other. They do not get along. But it is so int- – but but I kind of was like, what I really love about Peppa, Sandra, is that, like – She's just literally like, I don't like you. Like, she would just say she doesn't like somebody. She'd be like, I don't have time for this. But it's all yeah. it's also such a tense dynamic, right? Because you've got Cheryl and Herbie are a couple, and then Salt's there. So it's, you're always, and whenever you have three, we're going to have a problem, right? And even once we bring in Spinderella, right. Spinderella is more like added in for yeah, they don't really vibes and flavor. Like. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't seem like it... In the movie, they make the character feel a little incidental. And so you get the sense of like, it's just a trio. But whenever you got three, you always going to have a two against one moment. You know what I mean? You just kind of toggle into who is the two against the one. Yeah. In so many ways, it really mirrors a lot of things that happen in TLC's journey. Obviously, this is a biopic. Now, have you ever called it a biopic? I have not, but Andy has. And I really had to shut that down. I had to shut it down. Okay, because for many years, I think I was saying biopic. And and I thought that was something maybe, because people were like, no. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm stupid. But Andy's really smart. So now I'm taking this as a feather in my cap and being like, actually, maybe it's for really smart people. (laughs) So this is a biopic. And that is a, and that's a documentary. But- and and I don't know if it's the times or the nature of it being black female musical groups, but a lot of the same themes happen, be it they're having relationships, like they have with a relationship producer. with a producer and it's contentious and that 
obviously trickles in. The AIDS epidemic is a right. huge factor in both of both of the groups' sort of trajectory to fame and yeah, and their what biggest they wanted hits. To do to, their biggest yeah. hits, exactly. Because remember, Salt and Pepper had "Let's Talk About Sex." Do y'all remember that? Let's talk about sex, baby. baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you and me. And we were probably, I was probably six when that came out, but it was like, I definitely <laughs> remember the words. <laughs> Megan loves to remind me how much younger she is than me. So she's constantly bringing up her her digital age to let me know that she was. I think I'm two years younger than you. Two years. I thought it was four. I no. It was four. I don't it's know. It's not four. I don't think it's four. Y'all need to know Megan is drinking out of what can best be described as a Barbie cup. It's like Daisy a Barbie Duck. drink out of a cup. Daisy Duck. You know I love Daisy. It is giving Megan Gailey Pretty in Pink Award. It is pink. There's a flower on the straw. It is a good 24 ounces. And I <laughs> suck it down fast. No, it's a Daisy cup. You Megan, know. don't say that. Record it because that could be used out of context. That's fine. I need to make money. So clip it. <laughs> put it on. Let people lip sync. Millie Vanilli. Let people Millie Vanilli to it on TikTok and let me pay my mortgage. Well, this is the problem. People Millie Vanilli on TikTok, you don't see a dime. Like yeah. I've heard the people who have those songs that are like behind everyone's videos and then like they get nothing from it. Anyway, I mean, we, well, the brutality of the music industry, of course, we talk about this too. That is a theme. Now, sidebar y'all about this movie. There's a moment where Herbie, Herbie basically is like, you know what? We need to level up. I'm going to bring in some more people. He's going to bring in his brother, Steve, to work with the group. Who's his identical twin? He is. They look identical. identical. And it is never addressed. No. It is never addressed. And I find it to be crazy. Yeah, because there's a moment at one point where Herbie, and it is Herbie, is basically caught by Sandy cheating on Cheryl. And I'm like, Herbie, yeah. just pretend you're your brother. Like, well, how do you know yes. it's not the brother? I know. But then it's also crazy. So you have these two brothers who are giving identical. But then did you also know we have a father-son duo in this piece, which took me a second. JP? No. In this movie are both Mario Van Peebles and Mandela Van Peebles. Mario's son. Wow. Did you know? Did you know? No, I did Son. So Mario plays the pastor who like basically helps Cheryl have her awakening where she's like, I'm turning my life okay, over to Christ, okay. which happens when the industry breaks you. Ooh. And then his son plays Sweet Tooth. No. The like small time hustler pimp. pimp who ends up beating up Herbie in like a parking lot. Now, what I do have to say in defense of Sweet Tooth is I love, I, I love when a pimp it goes, I'm going to cross over into some other businesses. I think, because, listen, I like a diversified portfolio. And he goes, yes, I'm a pimp, but I'm also, why can't I be in music? Or a, a pimp is like, why don't I open a salad bar? Like, it's like, yes, you don't. You, from the pandemic, we learned some industries shut down. So you got to keep yeah. things cranking. Sweet tooth. You also, you could open a candy shop. Maybe one of those places where you sit at the counter and you get a root beer float. Okay, so an old-timey fountain. An old-timey fountain where Lana Turner can be discovered. Run by a pimp named Sweet Tooth? It's like, sorry, I'm going there. You know, I'm a feminist, but I'm going to drink a root beer at Sweet Tooth's pimp stand. <laughs> but this is, like, crazy to me because the thing with Sweet Tooth, because, like, he's creepy from the moment you see him, and I can't get over that it's M Mandela. Hat and cane, hat and cane, tough. And, well, we're not so talking. He has a giant gold tooth. I like that. That's, like, right next to... Stop. No, you I watch mean, too many not sports. Sexually, not, but like it reminds me. I of know home. not sexually. It reminds but me I of Home Alone. <laughs> you know, it's like a fun character device to be like, can't trust him. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> 
I did say you watch too many sports. I assume that's why you liked Gold Teeth. But I see what you appreciate is the storytelling. You appreciate the show don't tell of it all. Yes, thank you. And in, in my high school, there was a teacher, she's passed, rest in peace, who when you would come into her classroom, you would have to take your grill out and put it in a cup. She said, nope, I'm not, not going to be disrespected like this. <laughs> Wow. Which also tells you a lot about my high school that there were a lot there were enough grills that there was grills exactly that there was an English teacher. I really hope they weren't in the same cup. No, but she had a policy. She said no no grills in my classroom. Mm -mm. Wow, we love that. Yeah, she also went on a rant about nine eleven the day it happened. That was uh, always in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow wow wow. Uh, now, but the thing is, there's this moment with Sweet Tooth, which I thought, I'm like, again, because this is like a biopic, I'm assuming this moment happened, which is basically Salt and Peppa go to a club to perform, and the bouncer's like, well, the group's already here. They're already performing. And wow. basically, what happens is Sweet Tooth <laughs> has, like, hired two girls to pretend to be them. And, like, what? the girls learn their songs. Yeah. And are on stage doing being very them. lackluster performances. Yeah. But, like, just being them, which is, like, Oh my God, that could happen. And basically it's like Herbie puts together, he's like, oh yeah, there are no press photos of you guys. There's nothing to let people know what you look like so that even though their song is on the radio, Mm -hmm. even though they're like getting radio play, no one knows who they are. So two people can just impersonate them and take the money. And it's also pre-internet. Yeah. So it's like, you don't know what anybody looks like. We had a president in a wheelchair. No one knew. Pre-internet. All pre-internet. And like when I was seeing it, I was like, that's not possible. I'm like, that's totally possible. I know. I know. It's so, it's so wild though. But then I will say this is the one time I liked Harvey because that happens and he runs up on stage and like takes the mic and everybody's like, these two women are imposters and it's because of this guy, which, which is also at least to him getting beat up in a parking lot. So it's not great. But I appreciated that he at least tried to do something and stood up against somebody because to me, Herbie's whole thing is that he's slimy. He wants money. He's out here being like, I should get the most money. And then he also like has salt and pepper splitting a single fee the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. it's like, he's like, y'all do 50. He's like, cause basically Cheryl's like, well, I need to, I need to, I need to split this with Pep. And he's like, well, if you want to, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's so, like, just trying to take the most, and he seems so slimy. So that's, like, the one time in the movie where, he, to me, he, like, does something to be decent. He has so much control over them well into their successful years, where I'm like, why is Herbie still around? Like, after him and Cheryl break up, because Herbie goes on to, there's a scene, it's really wild, where... Cheryl is holding a new baby and like cooing at it and loving it. And at this point, Sandra has been pregnant. So I was like, oh, it must be Sandra's baby. And then, no, no, no there's, an, there's another girl there. There's a woman there and she takes the baby. And then I was like, is that Cheryl's sister? Because she kind of makes eyes at Cheryl, like, sorry. And so she takes the baby back and then Herbie comes down. And he's like, that's my baby. I know. What? I like, I'm sorry, what? Who is she? Who is she? And does she know that she don't know? Because if I, had a secret baby with somebody and they were still with the person who did not know about the baby. I don't know if I would have just come into their house and then offered up my baby. Wow. The woman, like, I was like, did she know? I was like, we need a spinoff. I need to get her reaction. And then, like, it's crazy because this is what drives me crazy because, you know, Sandra sees her because another girl. He had his whole baby situation. But then he has this whole thing where he's constantly calling Sandra ghetto. ghetto. And like, I don't produce ghetto acts. And, and it's like, meanwhile... Cheryl picks up the phone and a woman says, oh, is this Cheryl? You might want to change those sheets in the basement. I said, Herbie, who the hell you think you better than? 
And you out here with women calling, talking. You First of all, you ain't even changing the sheets, okay? Between all your cheating. And somebody calling the house to say change the sheets. So we're just bringing this up to be like, Herbie not only has business issues, he also, I guess you could describe it as class issues, and then also is a dog cheating on people. Right. He keeps harping on her pronunciations. And it's like, it's yeah. rap. It's not supposed to be like English Oxford Dictionary. Like, why can't she right, say introduction right. however she says it? Right. It's like, as long as we know what the word is, and then half the time in rap now, you don't even need to know what the word is. You just be vibing on beats. Yeah, we got sleepy rap now. We're just like, mah, 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 and I go, okay, <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Well produced. And so I was like, this guy is crazy. And so, and they're like, again, they're, they're successful at this point. And then it takes like other people to start to empower them. There's a point at which like they're doing what looks to be a sh- because they pass kid in play and like the, like, you know, backstage and they talking to MC hammer. So I'm assuming they're doing some like big show tour. with a bunch of acts. Like yeah. I don't know if it's a festival, a tour situation, but like where they're all there. And Sandra, there's some dude named Lewis who seems like he just is like security. Lewis is just standing there, but he literally tells Sandra, he's like, Y'all need to be making more than three points each yeah, on each album. He's horrified. And he's like, you need more control. You need a cut of your record sales. And he's like, basically, you know, he's like, yesterday's price is not today's price. Is basically what he said, which yep. is my true motto in life, yesterday's price. And we love, we love a man supporting a woman, especially a black man supporting a black woman. Hello, because basically she's like, she's like, well, then what do I say? And he's like, let me tell you. And I said, thank you, Lewis. Who we then never see again. <laughs> we never see him again. He's just he's just a dream. He's just a dream. And we but it's talking to Lewis that gives us our nice montage of them killing it, right? So you're like, yes. okay, Sandra, she got a Benz, and you know, Cheryl kind of sees starts see, not even starts seeing, but she like goes on a date with a guy named Gavin that Sandra introduces her to. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, thank God, get away from get away from Herbie. But then it's like it doesn't seem like she can because she like it's still kind of dealing with Gavin, but then it's not until the whole, the baby comes through that she's like, oh wait, no. Like basically, like it, to me, it was like, it took Cheryl too much to be like holding another woman's baby that Herbie fathered in her own home for her to finally break away from him. I said, he should have been out the door five years ago, you know? And, she, and she's even actually, she goes, we can work together because we have a contract. But if it's not about salt and pepper, don't talk to me. And I would have even said, like, we got to get out of this contract. We got to rip the contract. I would have been done. One thing that really made me sad, Cheryl is so talented, obviously has a very kind soul, is so inclusive to everyone, beautiful. There are so many comments about her weight and her appearance. And so we do get a peek in like from the radio from other yes, people. It's not Herbie. like it's not her fit. It's like public. Yeah. Oh, well, Herbie trying to knock her down. And we see her and she looks gorgeous. You know, like it's it, it, <laughs> which is neither here nor there. But then there start to be when there's these issues with Herbie and then there become issues with Gavin and she becomes a mother, we see her binging. There's Mm -hmm. one specific scene where she is ordering what sounds truly like a dream menu. She's getting like (laughs) chicken wings and ice cream sundaes and mozzarella stick. Like she's just going down it. And then we we also see her perching. And I, I always am... We know that as women, and and I know men that have had eating disorders, but we know there's that undercurrent of, oh, I don't feel good about my body. What am I going to do? But I, I, I feel like it's only ever talked about in certain ways, and it's not something I've seen represented 
with black women a lot. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. Black people have to be the best all the time. And I think that includes like, there's so many different tropes and there are different ways of looking at those tropes where the trouble, like, you know, every black woman's confident. Even a thick black woman is like, I am perfect. And like, I am beautiful. And it's like, you know, and I think that's always something that I even felt about my comedian, like me on stage, where I'm like, I'm the black girl who's going to tell you I'm sad. And I'm the black girl who's going to, because like, I feel like there was never a space, because even like black comedians, every black female comedian was just like, I am the greatest thing in the world. And it's like, absolutely, you should feel that way. But what about those of us who don't? And I feel like the same thing with like, especially I think as a rapper, right? Like the yeah. whole thing has to be confidence and it has to I'm be, a badass. I'm doing great. Right. Exactly. And then this is one of those things too, where I was like, oh, the fact that they executive produced this, I was like, she's really revealing here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they put in here like, yeah, like I was going through this. Yeah. Because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder if that, I mean, it must be real, but now I'm remembering to the executive. So it like, it, it, it has to be. Right. And like the pressure of, and, and again, they don't even like, they show you these moments, but they don't shine a shine a light on them. They don't hit you over the head with it. Yes. And it also just feels like it's one of those things where she's like, because you hear it, it'll just be like somebody on the radio talking about her weight or yeah. somebody looking at her like, oh, how do you look? And again, too, they also have children. Yeah. And so there's also what happens. Their body changes from that, too. And then because they're public figures, everybody and their mother thinks they can comment on it. Yeah. And I think it's something even I have had to work to unlearn, like commenting on people's appearance like public, you know what I mean? Because we're just so used to it. Even when you're praising. Yes. No, it's, yeah. um. I I'm obviously in this post-baby phase, so people do it constantly to me. And it is kind. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's coming from a good place, but it is mm -hmm. also like, oh, I think my body is actually cooler now because it did this. I squeezed out an eight-pound baby. Like, yeah. that's actually more impressive than the fact that, like, my ass is a little fat. Right, 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 right. You know? Absolutely. Well, yeah. both yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Both pretty cool. I don't, you know, I don't want to rank <laughs> them. Both pretty cool. <laughs> you know what? I would say both pretty cool, and that's the perfect time to take a quick break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Okay, we're back. Megan's a superwoman. Okay. No. She squeezed out an eight-pound baby. I've just had a couple big poops in this life. But the point is, we're all doing our best. Cellulite to my knees. My cellulite starts at my knees. And I go, I don't even know what you do for that. That's just where it starts now. <laughs> it just starts at my knees and, and goes on up. And I don't know where it stops. My forehead. And that, and so I, I, you know, I relate to Cheryl, who I want to order chicken wings too. Well, here's the thing though. You said your favorite scene, right? Was they showed that they showed the women. Well, okay. First of all, we learned the inspiration for Shoop came to Sandra. Okay. So this is Pep. And I feel like it's in line with the personality we see in the movie, right? Yes. Somebody who just like gets theirs. But she literally calls Cheryl being like, I got an idea for this song. It's called Shoop. And Cheryl is walking into church. Oh, we love. Yes. Sandra is more of like the party girl and, you know, has like friends that seem like they're sort of coming and going from her life and loves to drive her car fast. She always wants to race people. I'm like, okay, fast 10. And Cheryl (laughs) is always at church. And that is just like real. And this is coming again from them where it's like, yes, she is partying. Shoop is about like, I can be like how a man, you know, like if I see something, right. I, I don't like, have to wait for him to say yes, something I'll go to me. get what right. I want. And she's like, okay, well, let me go listen to the pastor and I'll call you back. So we <laughs> see Cheryl and Sandra in the recording booth doing shoop, doing their verses, and they are both holding their babies. Which they must have done at some point. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, I've asked you, you know, have you brought Conrad on stage yet? Because I've definitely seen comedian moms doing that. Yeah. Some people are really leaning into that as their identity now. And I'm like, and it almost feels like I'm like, okay, you've been wanting to be mainstream for a while. <laughs> like, you weren't particularly hitting. And now you have your baby and can talk about mom stuff. And it's really a brand for you. And I say yeah. bless, whatever works. But have you brought Conrad on stage? I mean, first of all, I'd like you to text me afterwards who you're specifically talking about. And then second of of all, I haven't because now he goes to bed at 7 p.m. So it's like, and he's big. I can't hold his big ass up there. But I didn't do it when he, I didn't do a lot of wearing Conrad. You know, Uh, like baby Bjorns and the, and the, and you wrap it around and you're a mother earth. I didn't really do a lot of that. And I also have a very supportive partner. So it was like, if I needed to go do stand up, he could stay there. I've seen a lot of dads bring their children on stage and I'm like, okay, they're a prop. They're a prop. I've also (laughs) been at shows where I've had to hold other people's babies while they were on stage. But now that Uh he's older, no, I, you know, it's a dream okay. of mine to, to film a special and have him run out at the very end in like a tuxedo. Ah, oh my God. Everyone would scream. Now I'm not afraid to say that I brought my dog on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like no, I've had, course. I've done that. And of course she's being used as a prop who, who wouldn't be in that moment. But the couple times I've done it, it wasn't like, oh, it'll be cool. It was like, it was a necessity. Yes. Because I was at an outdoor show. I brought the dog, but then she cranes and pulls like I can't just give her to somebody because mm-hmm. she's going to be trying to and I and, and I was like I don't even know any of y'all that well so right. then I was just like give me the dog and then I also kind of wanted to see if I could do it uh-huh. like I kind of was like would I stay on task would I still do the work you know what I mean like not make it a dog set right and I kind of was like let's see if this happens yeah I don't recommend it I'm not like trying to do it but I have tried it I remember people loving it I remember seeing photos and people being like iconic <laughs> if I had to do it out of necessity for sure but I'm not ever gonna be like Conrad you're booked with right. mama tonight like it's like no I'm <laughs> bye you're in bed but also I'm gonna say this about dogs and also babies like they still focus like when I'm up on stage I need you looking at me Okay, and then everyone's staring at Maybelline. 
Yeah. And I said, I can't have that. And the same thing with babies. Like, you're looking at the baby. You want to see their response. You are listening, but also you're not. And this is the thing. They steal the focus. Too cute. I have done a notes Zoom call with Conrad before out of necessity. And the um, studio was like, we are being nicer to you right now because your baby is sitting on your lap while we give you <laughs> feedback. And I go, yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> this is, I, I don't want you to give me your notes. Oh, okay. Wow. I may have to borrow him then. I might have to borrow him then for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> and for those listening at home, notes is when they tell you what they don't like about your project and what you need to fix. And they are constantly contradicting themselves. <laughs> now, something I do want to reveal, I did love Shoop. But so there's that there's a lyric in Shoop that's like, if looks could kill, you would be an Uzi or a shotgun. Bang. What's up with that? Bang. You know, the whole thing. Now, I will tell you that as a young gal, I fully thought the lyric was, if looks could kill, you would be a newsy. All right. Okay. A newsy with the papes. Yeah. Outside. Okay. Famous uh, film. Fighting. Famous film from famous our day. Famous film newsy. And I mean, it was years. It took years for that to be undone because I literally was like, you'd be a newsy or a shotgun. And it's like both, you know, both dangerous. Newsies are tough. Newsies yeah. are fighting. I said, maybe that's it. God, Uzi, Uzi used to be, I don't even know if they make Uzis. Like an Uzi reminds <laughs> me of like, that scene in Home Alone where he's like, get out of here, you fil- keep the change, you filthy animal. Like, I think that was a newsy. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to talk about the fact that this is her second Home Alone reference in this ep. And you know Megan loves it. They had a family costume. We talk about <laughs> Home Alone more than any other movie. And I don't know why I'm saying me. It's obviously me. We, oh, my dad wore Home Alone pajamas to Conrad's birthday party. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, it was so good. It was so good. I was, was like, because I was jealous. Because I was like, I wish I wore pajamas. You said, because for, for Conrad's birthday, it was like, dress like something Conrad loves. And, you know, I don't have, like, fun things in my closet. But then I was like, you know what? Little kids do like a onesie. I should have fully been yeah. up there in a pajama. <sighs> well, you know what I found out? Two after the fact, so my dad was in pajamas. I don't know. I don't remember what my mom was in. She was in normal clothes, and they they walked to where the birthday party was from their hotel. And no one in LA walks. They had to walk over the freeway. And so my dad what? was yes, they had to walk over in the pajamas in pajamas over the freeway. <laughs> yes, Pasadena. And I'm like, Dad. Oh my God, your mom. Okay. People thought your mother was his full-time caregiver and that he had wandered off. I think so. <laughs> they were like, she's getting it back. She's getting it back. Yeah, because even when she's not in a nurse, like, even when she's not in scrubs, you still, you get nurse from Peggy. Well, also, she was, like, dressed put together, right? Like, she was she was dressed put together and he's in pajamas. And so, you know, that she's like, come on, I found you, Jeff. When I got to the birthday party, I just see my dad in head-to-toe pajamas with a leaf blower. And I'm like, well, this is... <laughs> Conrad childhood happy happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) I loved it but it's funny so like again we said how this this has have similar moments to the TLC trajectory the career trajectory but you know as they get bigger and more famous there are cracks in the relationship we've already said how like you know Cheryl's like Sandra was the party Cheryl's like I need I love Jesus Mm -hmm. but like this was one of those things for me like this is why I get very scared to work with people And like, because you can never know how success and fame on top of success, right? Because success is the ability to keep doing the work and fame is having that public eye. Mm -hmm. But you don't know how it's going to affect you or the person you're working with until it happens, right? Like you can say like, we like the same thing. We're on the same page. And also, as you said, it's like they weren't two people who were like, 
I have wanted to be a rapper since right. I was a child. Like that wasn't it either. And so then it's like this question of sort of what happens when you have all this? And it was like, and I feel like, you know, we've said already a Sandy and a Cheryl, like I'm a Cheryl. I'm the person who's like, I'm tired. I can't be a Russia doing MTV raps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they did. Like I would be like, I need to, especially, you know, once they had their children. Yeah. But that feeling of like, I need to rest. I can't be out here all the time. Like I need to kind of be grounded. And Sandra's like, I'm trying to live it up and like enjoy this yeah. moment. And you also just don't know, like you could be having a, a good month and they're having a depressed month. Like, you are yeah. really so beholden for good and for bad to yeah. the yeah. emotional state of of someone else. But yeah, it is there for two gals who are from the same place, went to the same community college. They do want very different things in life. Yeah. Now, Megan, how would you say you've dealt with it? You know, because I'm a real sad sack, a real sad Sally. And, you know, and, and part of our, our voice notes, you know, our second podcast we do via voice note on a daily basis you know, I really let you have it. I really give you an earful. How do you balance it? How do you balance it? You don't seem resentful. No, because I think the things that, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's some of it is career specific and, and the issues and struggles that you have, I definitely have. So it's like, I hear you. I feel all of that. There is no, I mean, you're also funny. So even when you're upset and, and venting about something, you're doing it in a way that's engaging and comedic because that's how you are. So it's not moaning Myrtle. Mm, that's really good. That's what I try to do. That's really how I get around it. Yeah. You're right. Okay, so cookies and cream can really thrive. Cookies, cookies and, and cream, cream can still live on. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you make your therapist laugh sometimes? Yes, yes. sometimes, yeah. We I saw my therapist yeah. today. She swallowed a laugh. Like, she was like... <laughs> Like, you know, hand up over the, because I was yeah, like, I was yeah. having a moment, but I also said something <laughs> funny where it's like, yeah, and that, and that's, some of that is us, you know, being afraid to be fully yeah. vulnerable and then being like, well, I have to undercut this serious moment with some sort of, <laughs> I'm sick in the head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, okay. It's about two people being sick in the head, but being able to make it fashion. Okay. That's how you make it. And sick in the head in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Complimentary sick in the head, which is cookies and cream. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, my favorite part in the movie would also be in 1996. We see when they finally sue Herbie to get out from the contract they've had with him now yes. for a decade at this point or almost a decade. And they win. And he even has to pay their lawyer fees. That yep. made me very happy. That made me very happy. So I was like, yes, they're going to be on the come up. But then the, I was sad because like, so you think they're free. And then like in three years, it's like record sales are down. Yep. They got a tour to make money. Again, they have these cracks because they want different things. Cheryl trying to go to church. Sandra getting high with randoms in her mansion. Well, she also bought an expensive house. And Cheryl's like, yeah. my house is God's house. You know, like it's like, yeah. well, some of these church people, the Joel Olsteins, they want to buy planes and stuff. But like they just have different needs. So right. it, was, it was like they finally got out from underneath Herbie's thumb. And I don't think they say this in the TLC movie or this, but there is something to society seeing women at a certain age and a certain certain station in life and going, I'm not really interested anymore. And I think that's yeah. what factors into it too. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, they are, you know, married mothers. Cheryl is pregnant when they go on the second tour with like, uh, you know, and it's all the stuff where people suddenly feel like, well, you're not, you know, you said if you want to take a guy home, it's none of your business, but now you're a mother and I think it is my business. You know, <laughs> like people get, you know, yeah. the expectation of what you can say. 
yeah. and the, do. The thing that really bummed me out is when they go on this tour because they need money, they're going to nightclubs. Like, we're not I even know. talking state fairs. We're not talking, like, tiny arenas. And that's hard. I think like yes, yes. to to have been at the top and then go well now yes. I'm now I'm in in the movie they go to Flint Michigan um and they're at yeah. the Vogue and I know there's a Vogue in Indianapolis so I'm like okay well that's a chain so now they're just in in Flint Michigan at a, a nightclub and these people are losing their minds but it's like when you go from arenas back to nightclubs right. and not for the love of the game because you need to pay your bills while you're pregnant that's a lot to have to struggle through. Well, that's the thing. It's like touring. And this is something, you know, I was never a road comedian. And certainly the older I get, less the less, less likely it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Unless it's huge. Touring is so grueling. It's so lonely. It can be really boring. And then you're just saving your energy for the two to three hours, in the case of a musical act, right? Two hours or whatever that you have to perform for us. It can be an hour. And it's always hanging over your head. So you're, you're like, you can't really have a fun, loose day that you would want to have because you're like, well, I need to do an hour of stand. Like when we're on the road, it's never just like, oh, I'm doing 15 minutes tonight. I can phone that in. It's like, no, I need to do two hours of stand up comedy tonight. Right, so like I can right. go to the zoo, but it's not going to be fun. Right. <laughs> it's so terrible. And so like when you do it, I think the key to it being less terrible and it's something because, you know, I got the Kathy Griffin book, Kathy Griffin's first book. I loved it because she talks so much about the business. And when I wanted to be a stand up, I wanted to read it to know. And something she said where it was like when I was going on the road, I would try to I was trying to save money. So I booked a cheap or cheap hotel and I did whatever. Yes. And it was so terrible. And it's like, and then you go into a show, and again, especially in the early days when people don't know you. So you can you've traveled to a place where they've maybe even given out free tickets, or maybe 10% of the audience even knows your name. So it may not be fun. No. And then when it's all over, you go back to like a motel six that's like dirty and you can't even get a meal. And it's like Part of what makes touring worthwhile, too, is like having some comforts, right? So there's that part, too, where she goes, I'm pregnant, so you better spring for a good bus. Uh, and I'm like, honey, even bus. if I wasn't pregnant, you need to spring for a good bus. Like, you need the thing. You need the things that make it feel like, okay, if you're going to be away from everyone you know and love and all the things that you're used to, at least you got a high thread count on the sheet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this all obviously takes a real toll on just their emotional and mental space and their relationship. And I think it's yeah. like, there's some resentment there of like, we're having to do this because of you. We're having to do this because of those choices. And, and there's some yeah. finger pointing. And then Cheryl, you know, she, she, she saved basically. She's resaved. Yeah. And Mario she, Van Peebles. And she says, she I, don't, I don't want to have an identity that's just tied to you. And I have to imagine yeah. that that is really difficult. I mean, Naomi, we know a lot of people that have been in duo acts and a lot of them are not friends anymore. Right. Right. Don't even talk. Yeah. After that, yeah. after years together, after success together, it's wild. But she was just like, I, and it's like, because she's basically, you know, like, you can love someone, but it doesn't mean they're good for you. Right. It was kind of mm -hmm. like what you're seeing the preacher and you kind of see in the movie, there's a moment where, you know, Cheryl is thinking about her relationship with Sandra. Cause again, they want different things. They're two different people, very different people. And Sandra's also in an, in a bad marriage and she's realizing this person, you know, it's like, we're kind of seeing the extent to which they're both in these situations. But of course, you know, Sandra is like, okay, you're leaving me. And you, and you knew, and to me, based on the way you see the character, you knew that was coming, right? Like she's yeah. not a person who would understand 
that to to say I need to step away from you doesn't mean I don't want you at all. And and her her father died when she was young and she's had challenges in romantic relationships. And so she really feels it as she calls her a quitter. She calls yeah. Cheryl a quitter and is like, you're bailing on me. You're leaving me high and dry like every single other person. And and it makes her think that she's not worthy. Well, right. But then it's terrible because then we because then so this is all, you know, again, 1999, 2000 ish. And then we cut to 2005. Right. They've been apart for a while, but they both the way this industry works. Right. It's like. Cheryl's working on a record, but she's like, I feel like I can't do it without Sandy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. sound good enough on my own. Sandy's trying to perform solo, and the venue's like, uh, we, we thought, thought y'all were gonna yeah. be together, so <laughs> no thank you. They're both feeling this emptiness without each other, and then it's like, you know, Sandy, you know, she's suicidal at this point, feeling like, what do I have? And then they both get a call from VH1, and I said, what a funny light in the dark. Do you know what I mean? To be literally suicidal, like, VH1 calls, and it's like, Come back. I know. And they're having the hip hop honors and they want to honor salt and pepper. So they had so they're gonna do it. Of course, they like want to honor their own work that they did, but at first you're like, uh-oh. They don't even talk. Mm. They said they hadn't talked in four years. Yeah. And they're like standing in the wings to go on stage and don't even talk while they while they're doing that. And then they start performing, and it's like they do a medley, doing mm-hmm. all their hits. We're loving every second. And then that seems to be you know, that's the ending of the movie, but it shows you, like, that's kind of what brought them back, mm-hmm. right? Like, they kind of realized we do have magic here. Yeah. In the in the same way that it did for TLC. Now, TLC obviously had to overcome a death and, and grief, but it's like, yeah, sometimes you get back up on that stage. I know getting up on stage before, I thought I was going to have diarrhea, and then I get up on stage and I go, I'm cured. <laughs> so It's just like that. The stage is a magical place. <laughs> the stage is a magical place. It can mend fences. You can be reborn. And, we, you know, the movie ends telling us, you know, 2020 was their 35th anniversary. So Salt and Pepper's still out here. And, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny with biopics. I think I like my biopics to have more big musical numbers. Like, mm. I kind of wanted more of, like, full-on Give Me the Entire Song, because that's mm-hmm. what I like, you know? The montages were fun, though. Yeah, they're um, fun. Yeah, they're giving. It's always I, I. There's something so fascinating about like famous people that knew other famous people before they were famous. Yes. you know, like Tommy yes. Lee Jones and Al Gore were college roommates, and I'm like, that's what? Sucks. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Wow! 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 So that stuff always is like so fascinating to me. And then you go, they're the same age, you know? Like it doesn't even. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, these people they met at community college. Yeah, so good. Now, I do think you know. I will say I was inspired to come up with a real hero, real villain for this one. Uh-huh. Even though this is a diff- bit of a different movie, and because I immediately felt, you know, for me the real hero of this one, Megan, was the random dude named Lewis who tells Sandy that they need to be getting more than three points on the back end and tells her exactly what to say to renegotiate. I said, if that's not a hero, I don't know who is. Yeah, and and he's almost like a guardian angel because he's there and then he's gone. Yeah, we never see him again. He literally comes in here to like save their careers, and then he's mm-hmm. like, okay, bye. We love Lewis. So my real hero is the Sears Roebuck Company, which is the call center. (laughs) And then there is this like kind of like Queens white lady who at one point is like, 
I need both you in my office. And she brings him in and she's like, you're both doing a great job. So you're both getting races. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and you think they're going to get fired because, yeah, as you wrote in the notes, Naomi. Yeah, because all they do is play. Yeah, they're all they're doing is talking about guys and then like making up fake names on the phone. So I go, you know what? I like this woman because she's, she saw these two gals and she said, I don't think they're working, but I'm going to give them a raise anyways. And I think we need more of that in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is the part you could have played in this movie. Thank that would have you. been yours. You know, Thank that was yours you. to lose. And then obviously the real villain is Herbie. Okay. That's for you. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I see that. Cause he was terrible. Now I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you who I found villainous. Arsenio Hall. Wow. Because there was a moment where the women appear on the Arsenio Hall show and he just, I don't know, he's like, Cheryl, you're pregnant. And, you, and you've been with, and, um, I'm assuming you and Herbie are so excited to have this baby. And first of all, Herbie is not the father of Cheryl's baby. Nope. They have broken up. She is seeing someone else. Yep. But obviously that's not all out here because they still work together. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, Arsenio, this is why TV shows do pre-interviews. Don't be bringing up somebody's pregnancy on national TV, especially because we know that women keep their pregnancies private. Yeah. They keep their pregnancies private. And not only did he put the pregnancy on blast, he then caused a whole rift between her and her and Gavin, Gavin the, the child's actual father, because he was like, wow, you didn't correct him on national television. I understand why Gavin was mad. And I felt like, Arsenio, you should have hushed. You should have hushed. Well, and in Cheryl's defense, the crowd had already gone, ooh, 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 ooh. And so she goes, well, this wasn't the moment to say, it Gavin's the dad. Ooh, ooh. It would have been drowned out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I said it about Arsenio. He was a true vill- villainous moment. <laughs> A great, a great movie, a longer one than we're used to. This one was over two hours. I said, oh my gosh, we're getting, we're getting Citizen Kane. Absolutely. We're getting Gone with the Wind here in, in Lifetime Universe. Next week, we are doing a double feature. A double feature is always so intimidating to me. You know, I'm sure your beloved and my beloved, they're both cinephiles. They like to go to double features. CJ will be like, (laughs) he'll, you know, he'll leave at seven and I'll see him the next week. And he's like, well, I went to the new Bev to watch every single Tarantino movie with every other dork in L.A. And I go, great, take a shower. So I'm always intimidated by them. But this is a Mary J. Blige inspired double Mm. feature. The films are Real Love and Strength of a Woman. So part one of the two-part series Real Love follows 18-year-old Kendra during her first year at an HBCU in South Carolina when she meets photo class partner Ben Sparks Fly. Despite disapproving parents and financial hardship, Kendra and Ben find themselves falling head over heels for each other and ultimately learning the meaning of real love. And then we catch up with our love-struck couple 15 years later in part two, Strength of a Woman. Since those college years, Kendra and Ben have gone their separate ways and are thriving in their careers and love lives. Or so they think. Will they repeat the mistakes of the past? Or will they find the strength to move forward. Mm, y'all, Real Love premieres June 10th at 8 p.m. And don't miss the premiere of Strength of a Woman the very next week, June 17th at 8 p.m., both only on Lifetime and the Lifetime app. So, yes, you've got homework to do, a double feature of your own. We will see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. 
And wait, there's more. Check out the new Bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.